I paced the square emergency room waiting area. By now, I had an intricate mental map of the joint, considering we'd been waiting with no update on Carla's status for approximately two hours and 47 minutes, if you believe my lazy-ass phone bitch. Her every declaration of the precise time after I stabbed the top center of the screen seemed a barb pointed directly at my anxiety level. Every lethargic syllable made me want to drop the fucking thing into the fish aquarium the next time I made it around to the north corner of the room where it stood against the wall. I belted its stand a good one with the fuck stick and earned a collective phlegmy gasp from the rest of the room's occupants. By the sound of it, respiratory distress with a side of snotty nose was the dish of the day. I could feel the thickness of the sick air around me, and gagging on it just pissed me off more. <coughs> Easy, Mordo. Lash had taken a seat in the center of the room in one of the 12 chairs that occupied the space, based on how many I'd whacked as I passed. There were legs in there too, I assume, but my glowering countenance coupled with the wayward fuckstick and the speed with which I made my way around the room likely suggested that if it didn't draw blood, the recipients should just take it on the fucking chin. Or shin, as it were. Most of the sickies finally got the hint because there seems to have been a shift in seating. By my 72nd go-around, I wasn't feeling any legs. Good. Fucking adapt. That's how we live amongst one another. You adapt to me, I adapt to you, and we all adapt our merry way around one another through this goddamned evolutionary process we call life. Morneau, come here. It was Lash's this-is-not-a-suggestion voice, again. And since I was getting a leg cramp, I decided to humor him. I whacked my way around to the other side of the chairs that lined the center of the room, back to back. Lash had one of his legs extended, as he'd taken to doing around lap 50. I assume, as a suggestion, that I cop a squat. I swiped my hand wildly around where I thought the empty chair next to him was, making a big display of the blind guy shit before turning around and dropping into it. A move my hemorrhoids did not fully appreciate. Where'd Lola go? Back to work, double shift. She'd disappeared around lap 13, taking with her all the sniffling and guilty-sounding whispering she'd been doing with Lash every time I passed. I said we'd stop by later and fill her in. She lives just above the bar. Said we could take a couple of the empty rooms if we needed them. Just got an email from Arecchio. He's going to send me some stuff from the Phoebes on our bomber. They worked up a profile. <coughs> to which bomber are you referring, Lash? We've suddenly got no dearth of bombers. I was pissed and not nearly drunk enough for this shit. The only bomber I'm worried about is the one that put the rig in Carla's bathroom. I have no reason to think the two are linked. Lash was laboring under that magical thinking we often employ when a task that wasn't welcome to begin with might end up taking a hell of a lot longer 
than originally anticipated. <coughs> he was ready to get back to wherever it was he could lie around with only the musky sheen of perspiration for a garment. I'm sure there's no link between a bomb that went off in Carla's bathroom at her Detroit residence, where she'd minutes earlier returned after having visited this fine city and bought some dilapidated old hunk of bricks out from under what appears to be the covetous bosom of a multi-conglomerate-based local entity bound on making it a parking lot. I'm sure that bomb isn't in any way connected to the bomb that went off in said dilapidated old hunk of bricks. We don't have enough information, Morneau. No, we don't, but I know one thing. Two bombs plus Carla Danning does not equal a coincidence. <coughs> that woman's a walking bomb. When this is over, I am going to encourage her slow but very steady removal from your life. Ha! Good luck, Lash. I've been trying that since we met. She's like a barnacle. Keep acting like you don't like it. Maybe someday one of us will believe it. Where's that damn profile? I suddenly understood the kid's problem with jarring conversational segues. There wasn't a problem. He did it because he was done, ready to move on. He had to zip some pictures into the file. I suggested he forward copies to Osceola County, Reed City, and the Michigan State Police. So much for pretense. I'm just trying to save time. If they're linked, I'd like us all on the same page as quick as possible. If they're not, maybe we get a couple more eyes on it. No skin off my ass. I've got no vested interest in how bent out of shape Detroit PD gets when they find out they'll have to send someone down here. Morneau? The voice was male and sounded anxious. I think we're going to need some intervention. She's fine, or will be. It's been a little more difficult to address her wounds since she regained consciousness. A couple more minutes wouldn't have killed anyone. Hear that, Lash? Four out of five hospital staff surveyed said Carla was better off in a coma. She wasn't in a coma. She was in and out of it. Probably has a concussion. We're waiting on the MRI. They're backed up upstairs. But she's lucid and none too happy about her current state. Which is... Maxillofacial stabilization. I'm going to need a lifeline, Regis. It's a fixed intraoral device made of brackets attached to the teeth with pliable wire wound through them. The lower jaw is suspended on a semi-closed resting position. Normally, we wire it more loosely, but where her fracture is, we had to do it up pretty good. That busted lip isn't helping matters. Needless to say, she won't be eating anything solid for a little while. <laughs> At first, I thought it was a nearby heating unit that was slowly humming to life. But at some point, I realized the sound was coming from Lash. It was a sound I had never before heard the man make, and it suddenly occurred to me I might be missing something. She took a blow to the jaw, Mr. Murnau. We need to keep it stabilized until the fracture heals. I don't think there was actual condescension in the doctor's voice. So much as a tone that suggested I work a little harder at figuring out what he was saying. I suspect the reason for this urgency had something to do with the angry, moaning sounds emanating from somewhere very close to where we stood. Mm. Mm -hmm. Which one of you is more know? The voice bolted from the same area as the moaning sounds, so I tapped my way forward and found the edge of an open door. Well, that'd be me. What do we got here? 
Carla, you decent? Mm-hmm. I got an angry grunt in reply and felt Lash behind me, leaning into my shoulder. One middle-aged doctor who looks like he could use a little sun and two shirts. One very likely the lead detective Carla's buttered up for you. Mm. If I were a betting man, I'd say the other is the city chief of police. He wasn't on duty and doesn't appear to be happy about whatever he was doing down at hunt camp or wherever one goes in full camo. Hunting season's over. I was out working on a stand. Couple loose boards. I'm Price. That's Dooley. <clears throat> that may have been when I subconsciously put it together. But I think I was just tired and glad Carla wasn't dead. So I may have based my final conclusions on the doctor's instructions. He rattled them off in that hurried disposition of a medical professional who is ready to hand their troublesome and nowhere near dead patient off to someone else. Stat. I'll stop back in when the MRI results come in. That'll be later, so you're here for the night. Mm -hmm. You were out too long for me to release you until we can monitor your vitals for a while. You're in that rig for at least a week, more likely two. Mm. We'll send you home with some saline to rinse your mouth five or six times a day. Squirt it in your mouth with the syringe, which we'll also supply. You rinse after every time you drink or eat. And by eat, I mean drink. If you can't suck it up through a straw, you can't have it. Mm. Get in there and brush your teeth like normal, at least on the outside. Rinsing will have to do for the back teeth for now. We'll give you some wax to cover the wires if they start poking at your cheeks or gums. Keep your lips moist to avoid chapping. Plain old Vaseline usually works best. I'm not prescribing anything for pain until I get a look at the MRI. We'll get you a meal information sheet before you leave. You'll also get a small pair of wire cutters. Don't cut the wires unless it's an emergency. Difficulty breathing, any sort of respiratory distress, and then only cut the ones holding the mouth closed. Not the ones holding the braces. Don't cut the wires if you're tired of being wired up, think you're starving, sick to your stomach, or even if you're vomiting. If you feel like you're going to be sick, bend over, open your lips, and vomit. Then brush your teeth and rinse your mouth. Mm. Once you're discharged, we'll set up a return visit to check the fracture and decide where to go from there. I don't think I have to tell you that laughter at this point was absolutely uncalled for. Yet, I would bet a stronger man than I would have been unable to suppress it. I could feel Carla glowering at me from the bed beneath what I assumed was a crisp white hospital sheet. <laughs> when I could finally catch a breath, I wiped the tears from my eyes. Fuck stick to my way across the room. Glad-handed everyone until I found someone in a lab coat, patted around until I located the doctor's face, grabbed it with both hands, and planted a big one on his irritated kisser. There is a God, and he favors me. I know this because he has bestowed upon me the greatest gift he could give any man. Carla Danny, alive and breathing, with her jaw wired shut. Mm. Can I hear an amen? The More No Podcast is narrated by Greg Kreitz and Jenny Decker. Special guest this season, Jake Lopez. Music by Blue Dot Sessions. If you've hung in with us this far, stay subscribed. The fourth and final season is coming soon. 